Good morning, everyone. I hope you are doing well today. It is Thursday. No, I'm sorry. It is Tuesday, December 15th, and it is a cold, cloudy day in Texas, but uh, Christmas is coming soon, so uh, we are getting there. We are getting there, and uh, excitement is growing And today we are going to look at another one of our Christmas carols, one of the songs that we sing. This is actually an Advent hymn for us in the Lutheran Church, Uh, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, probably the the most famous and uh, popular of Advent hymns, and so that's what we're going to look at today, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. So thank you so much for joining me today, for making this part of your day, and if you're with us live, please say hello uh, when we did it last Thursday, when we did Oh Holy Night, which you can find at the Grace Abides podcast, uh, I couldn't see live, for whatever reason, I couldn't see your live comments, so I apologize for that. But good morning, Patty. Uh, great to have you here. And for those others who are joining us, thank you for joining us. So, uh, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Uh, where does it come from? And what's it all about? And so that's what we're going to look at today. Good morning, Georgie and D. O Come, O Come, Emmanuel was originally written in Latin with the title Veni, Veni, Emmanuel, and that goes back to like 1710. The English translation of the Christmas Carol came back in, uh, came in 1851 and was done by John Mason Neal, a priest. Uh, so that's where we get the, the English lyrics to O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. The melody, I found this kind of interesting, the melody of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel has its roots as far back as 15th century France. And the actual composer is unknown. So the actual composer of this very popular carol that many people sing at Christmas time, nobody knows. So O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, originally written in Latin back in the 1700s, translated to English in the 1800s, a French melody, and nobody knows who composed it. So there you go. Uh, A little bit about the theology of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. So the uh, Emmanuel piece of it. Uh, refers to the title, refers to Hebrew title, Emmanuel with an I, I-M-M-A-N-U-E-L. It's a Hebrew word found in Isaiah 7, 14. Uh, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The young woman will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. In the Gospel of Matthew, uh, in the New Testament, the name Emmanuel refers specifically to Jesus Christ, right? So so that's, um, that's where the a Christmas connection comes. So the question, though, the question to ask, the question for each of us to ask is, why is God's presence important? So the, the song is about God being with us, about God being present with us. And the question to ask is, why is it important that God is with us? Why is it important that God is with us? What does that mean for you, that God is with you? What does that mean for us? that God is with us. I think if you look at the Old Testament, the Old Testament understanding of God with us, the importance of God being with them meant protection and victory and, uh, right, that, that they couldn't lose if God is with them. If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is with us, who can defeat us? And so you have this story in the Old Testament about the the, the people, uh, God's chosen people, their, their march through the promised land and their victories over, pe- over other people cities over other people, right? And then when when God is no longer for them, they go into exile. And so the presence of God for the people in the Old Testament is safety and protection. What does the presence of God mean for us today? What is the big deal about Jesus coming to be with us today? Is it protection? 
like it was for them, or is it something else? When we look at the when we look at the words of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, we are going to see that the writer, the writer of this carol, the writer of this song, uh, for them it was something else. There's really nothing in here about protection. So we're going to get to that. Uh, get to that now. Before we do that, I want to say good morning to Bill and Deanne. Great to have you both with us today. Okay, so we're going to take O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, verses 1 and 4 together, and then verses 2 and 3 together. I think they're connected that way. So uh, verse 1, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that lo- that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. Then verse 4, O Come, branch of Jesse free, your own from Satan's tyranny. From depths of hell your people save and give them victory over the grave. Okay, so so there is a sense in that uh, God is coming in Jesus to give us victory, right? To give us victory in the same way that you could say the Old Testament understanding was that, that with God there was victory. There was victory in war, victory in battle. Uh, however, the the verses one and verses four are talking about a different kind of victory, a victory in the cosmic divine battle between good and evil, between God and Satan. Uh, and so that's, we see God coming uh, to ransom, ransom sinners, to ransom sinners, to ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the son of God appear. Uh, and so this idea that uh, we are, we are, we are captive to Satan's tyranny, right? And we need you to ransom us. Interesting word, ransom. And so uh, let's take a look at that word ransom. There's uh, different atonement theories, and I think we've gone through these in the past. The, the theological theory as to what actually happened, what actually happened when Jesus died on the cross, when Jesus saved us, how did that actually happen? And so the ransom theory is one of them. A ransom is basically uh, if you, you take something that isn't yours and you hold it for ransom. And it could be a person, it could be a thing, you could be blackmailing, you could be kidnapping, you could be extorting, right? And then you're saying, I want a payment for something. Mark 10, verse 45, Jesus said, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus died to give, Jesus came to give his life as payment to someone or something as a ransom for many for many. First Corinthians six twenty says, You were bought at a price, therefore honor God. You were bought. There was a price paid. There was a price paid for you. You were ransomed. Right? You are ransomed. So God purchased us, God purchases us from something or someone. Now this goes back to the year one eighty two, the second century. Origin of Alexandria says God purchases us with the priceless blood of the Lamb. So Jesus' death, the blood that Jesus shed for us, was the price that it costs to purchase us, to pay the ransom. So then it leads to another question. Who did God purchase us from? So Adam and Eve sell humanity to the devil at the time of the fall, back in Genesis. God tricks the devil. This is Augustine of Hippo in 354. God tricks the devil by putting Jesus on the cross. The idea that Jesus, when Jesus dies on the cross, the devil has won. But when Jesus rises from the dead, the devil realizes that the devil hasn't won but lost. The devil hasn't won because, because death has no more power, right? 
death has lost its power because Jesus has risen from the dead. And so then God orders the devil to leave sinful humanity alone because the devil shed the blood of an innocent and the devil has lost the power of death. Romans 6, 23, the wage of sin is death through sin, which leads to death. The devil had power over humanity, but the devil's power over humanity through death has been destroyed because Jesus rose from the dead. So that's that, That's the, the theology behind verses 1 and 4. Uh, we will have victory over the grave, verse 4. Uh, you know, you free, free your own from Satan's tyranny. Jesus has done that. Jesus has done that through his death and through his resurrection. From the depths of hell, your people saved and give them victory over the grave. That's what Jesus did. In the death and resurrection, that's what Jesus did. Paid the ransom and gave us victory. Uh, Okay, verses two and three. We're going to put these two together. O come, O wisdom from on high, embracing all things far and nigh. In strength and beauty, come and stay. Teach us your will and guide our way. O come, O come, O Lord of might, as to your tribes on Sinai's height. In ancient times you gave the law in cloud and majesty and awe. So we are asking for for God to come with us and to teach us. Come in strength and beauty and stay, right? Come in strength, beauty, come and stay and teach us. Teach us your will and guide our way. And then verse three, as you came to the your ancient the ancient tribes on Sinai, give us the law, teach us your way. Come and teach us your way. Uh, so if we look through scripture, there are all kinds of verses, both New Testament and Old Testament, about God the one of the purposes of God being with us is to teach us, is to teach us how to live. And so uh, we'll just grab a couple from Psalms. Psalm 25, 8, good and upright is the Lord, therefore he instructs sinners in the way. Psalm 143.10, teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on level ground. So uh, the desire from the author of the psalm is to come, Lord, come and teach me. Teach me how to live. Teach me how to be in relationship with others. Teach me to do what you would have me do, right? Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, right? Teach me, O Lord, teach me. So, So now we have in Jeremiah this this back and forth between God teaching and God deciding not to. Okay, Jeremiah 31, 33. This is my covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their hearts, in their minds, and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. Now, this is going to be after the exile. This is going to be after the protection of God is gone. But before that... Next chapter, verses 32, I'm sorry, chapter 32, verse 33. They have turned their back to me and not their face. Though I taught them teaching again and again, they would not listen and receive instruction. And so I was trying to teach them, but they refused. I was trying to tell them what to do, but they didn't want to hear it. They were more interested in what they wanted to do. They turned their back to me and not their face. I was trying to teach them. They ignored me. And so I am taking my protection, my presence and protection away from them, and they will go into exile. It all comes from the same thing we're talking about in the Old Testament. And and it's God will teach, God's presence will be there. But if you ignore it, this is Old Testament, right? Prior to exile. Okay, what does Jesus have to say? John 6, verse 45. 
It is written in the prophets, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard the Father and learned from him comes to me. So Jesus is saying, if you have heard the Father, if you have learned from the Father, if the Father has taught you in your mind and in your heart, well, you will be led to me because what I'm telling you will, will complete your understanding, right? It'll complete this, this idea you have, this promise. Well, I am the fulfillment of that promise. And so you will come to me and you will, uh, you will seek life through me. And then Paul in 1 Thessalonians 4, 9, now about your love for one another, we do not need to write to you for you, you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another. That is the, that is the message. That is the teaching. That is the main teaching of God to love one another. I mean, it's, it's all through scripture. It's sprinkled all throughout scripture. And if you look for it, you will find it. All throughout scripture is grace. You will find grace all throughout scripture and you will find the commandment how to treat each other all throughout scripture to love one another. I mean, it is the consist- two consistent themes of scripture. God being a God of grace and God telling us to love one another. Those are the two main things that, 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 that we can build a life on, in my opinion. In this humble theologian's opinion, uh, so... There you go. O come, O come, Emmanuel. O come among us. Fulfill your promise to save us, to, uh, to, to be all that we need you to be, to help us ha- have victory that we cannot have without you, and come among us to teach us. teach us. Teach us how to live. Teach us your will. Teach us your way. Teach us to love one another. Uh, teach us to be more like you. So the, the difference in the Old Testament and New Testament then is that the Old Testament folks, they wanted the presence of God for protection, uh, protection in the here and now against the neighboring tribes, their enemies. Well, I, that's really not our, our need anymore for God. Uh, we, we don't rely on God for protection against the neighboring tribes and stuff, but there is protection or, or, or taking that step further, victory, right? That, that Jesus comes to give us victory over sin, death, and the devil. Uh, and then also that God is with us to teach us, to guide us, to, uh, to show us how to live. And so that is O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Those are four verses of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. I believe that in our hymnal there are eight. Uh, I think some are written later, but uh, I'm just going to do those four. Uh, so there we go. We will stop there for today. Thank you again so much for joining me, and uh, we will do uh, a class on Thursday, and then we will be done for the year, as next week is Christmas week, and uh, hope that uh, you spend that week uh, figuring out what Christmas is going to look like for you, and uh, you take good care of yourselves, and um, as we go into prayer, we remember uh, last week when we did Oh Holy Night, uh, Vanessa joined us. Vanessa is our a director of music at church, and she's also our office manager. Uh, her husband, James, has tested positive for COVID-19 yesterday, and so Vanessa's getting tested today. Uh, she may she may test positive, uh, so we will uh, pray for them and ask, uh, ask the Lord to protect them and, uh, and their health. So uh, let us pray. Good and gracious God, we thank you for your many blessings. We thank you for coming to us, for saving us from sin, death, and the devil, for giving us victory over the grave. And we pray, Lord, we know that you are trying to teach us how to live. Open our hearts and minds so that we would listen to you, so that we would do the things that you ask us to do. Be the people you created us to be. Uh, We pray for Vanessa and James and all those battling this terrible virus. Uh, We pray that you would uh, sustain them, give them uh, 
keep, help them to keep their health. Uh, may their case be mild, and uh, may they may they come through it uh, with a very little um, effects to uh, to their health, uh, long term health. Uh, we pray for the vaccine that is starting to be distributed. May it be the answer, Lord, and may it help us to get beyond to move beyond this time of pandemic. Uh, we thank you for your blessings, for your grace, and for your love in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, everybody, have a great day and take good care of yourselves. And I will see you on Thursday at 1030 right here. Or if you're uh, if, if you want to join us tomorrow night, we will have our outdoor midweek Advent worship. That'll be uh, in, in the pavilion at Abiding Grace and also be live streamed right here on our Facebook page. So hope to see you soon. Take good care of yourselves. Bye.